What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO Project, the MFCEO.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. Look to the future, but embrace our past. We study, we analyze, we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection. We learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
like this. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Brand, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Viral Brand Goggles Big MX Race Review Show. I'm your host, Brad Gebhardt. And uh, I'm all by myself. I'm going to be doing a lot of these race reviews on my own just to give you guys my thoughts on uh, what I saw on the Saturdays when we have our Supercrosses. And um, boy, were we treated to an amazing race this past weekend in Anaheim. Qualifying, the bullets were flying, uh, guys were out feeling out the track, and uh, within a couple of sessions, they had it completely down. The reason for that is the track was very simple, the, the obstacles were very obvious as to how they, they were going to be navigated the quickest way possible, and uh, and for the most part, we had a lot of flat sections, like the, those two rounded corners coming into the uh, front straightaway. The start straightaway, rather, and of course, of course, the first turn, which were both uh, almost like mirror images of each other, just lefts and rights. Um, the the jump combinations, there wasn't a lot of different options up there, uh, out there rather. Uh, there's a couple of things some guys were doing, but uh, that they basically were just kind of like separating themselves in terms of the packs of riders in both classes. Um, but I, I was really impressed with the racing. Uh, the there wasn't a lot of huge battles, mainly because guys had a really hard time making up those. It was fractions of a second that needed to be done, and there wasn't a spot where you could make up a full second anywhere um, as far as, as, as really putting a, a cool section together or anything like that. Um, I think this is something that got said from a lot of different racers that basically – uh, they were going as fast as the track would let them go, uh, and and that was it. There there wasn't really too much more that any of the riders could have done as far as uh, making something special happen on a particular lap to cut through the field. And I think that's why you didn't see a lot of guys uh, moving up in a huge way, and you, it's also why you didn't see guys falling backward in a huge way. Um, honestly, the the most amazing or most uh, notable move to the front, uh, so to speak, would have been Tyler Bowers in the LCQ for the 450s, ending up uh, fifth off the start and passing everyone to eventually win that one. But uh, if you were there live, you would have noticed that uh, as far as the real estate he was able to put on on fourth place in that time really wasn't that substantial over the, the four laps they were out there. But um, let's kick things off. Let's talk about the 250s before we talk about the 450s. And um, we had an awesome race on our hands. Uh, wire to wire, it was Shane McElrath. Got an opportunity to ride mountain bikes with him yesterday, and I gotta say, uh, not only is he extremely fast on a motorcycle, he's extremely talented on a mountain bike. The guy rode about a two mile long wheelie, uh, while racing away from me, uh, on the track out there, and I was really impressed by that. Um, the, the reality is, is that, um, 
a lot of people weren't talking about Shane going into this particular race. Uh, I think he's a guy that flies under the radar because he's uh, not super, super active on social media. Uh, and he, he kind of does his thing and, uh, and just sort of lets his, his racing, um, speak for him. Uh, I was really impressed the way he rode. He sprinted like crazy to start the, 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 the night off. And, uh, he did really well doing that. Um, other things that kind of stuck out to me about Shane's ride is that uh, even though he had a practice crash, he was still able to throw down laps not only the LCQ or the the heat race, but then also with the uh, the main event. So he was on point all night long, um, and that's why he was able to, to stretch it out to a five second lead very quickly. And uh, after that, it was all about managing that time. Um, he could kind of settle into a pace and, uh, which was a, basically a flat out pace. And, um, and I think that the track kind of allowed you to do that. There wasn't a shit, uh, there wasn't a shit ton of traction out there. Um, because the, the, the new dirt, so to speak, the, the, the dirt that they had in there was not new dirt. Uh, but it was sifted dirt. A lot of the, the concrete chunks and the, uh, the lime that was in there earlier, uh, that kind of, uh, creates those, those pebbles and makes things skate, skeetery around. And also the uh, pieces of bigger aggregate that are found in the dirt were sifted out. And that's why the track became so hard packed. And, uh, that corner right after that triple, uh, where there's the, the, the quad, then a triple, if you were watching from home, um, that, that corner became really slick because guys were coming in there and getting on the binders and uh, that was just like an ice rink. Talking to Brock Tickle about that as well, he, he had basically echoed that statement that, uh, it, that, that that was a corner that claimed him at some point during the night and many others. I think if I was like not any big crashes, but the, the spot that most guys were going down was right there because uh, that particular spot of the track, really hard and the base was, uh, was, was really icy. But... Um, the, I was really impressed with Adam Cincerillo throughout the day. The guy was very businesslike in his approach in the 250s, and uh, I think that that's what allowed him to uh, take a not-so-great start, a seventh-place start, and move himself up to the third-place position. Uh, he, he rode extremely well as far as uh, just t- giving what the track would, would give to him, but uh, very much like I said earlier, making those wholesale changes or making up big amounts of time on uh, Aaron Plessinger just wasn't in the cards as far as what the track was giving those guys. Uh, they gapped each other out a little bit, and um, you could make up a half second. You maybe even be able to make up uh, the better part of a full second in one particular lap. But uh, then to try and push that same line that you used the lap prior, um, it was a bit of a gamble, and it didn't always work for all uh, the guys out there. And, and that's why we saw not a ton of passing in the main event. Um, not to say that Adam took a second, I think, uh, took a third rather. I think that's what was given to him. That's what was available to him. And, um, that, that, he ended up doing exactly that. Uh, I was really impressed with the way he rode, um, just as far as, uh, his, like his starting position and, and how many, uh, how he worked his way to the front and, and stayed there. Joey Savacci, another guy who had a, uh, a not so great start, but, uh, made the best of it with a fourth place finish. I was really impressed with Joey because, uh, the guy didn't have the greatest, uh, practice laps. He, he was rather quick in, pra- in practice, but he seemed not very settled, uh, and uh, eventually he was able to, to, to get a lot more settled than, uh, than, than he looked in the earlier portion of the day, but a fourth place finish, definitely, uh, not, I, I wouldn't say he was, uh, feeling bad about his, um, 
his his Anaheim one. Get through that and and go forward. Uh, a guy obviously, and uh, this is uh, hashtag analysis that wouldn't be happy with uh, the way he came out of round one would be uh, your last year's champion, uh, Justin Hill. A first, uh, a seventh place start, uh, seventh place position after a, a not so great start. A lot of people were talking about uh, the bike being down on power, and uh, including myself. But uh, actually, looking at the uh, the start of the of the uh, the main event, you'd notice that uh, he was way out on the outside, uh, which wasn't, I don't think, a great starting position. He had a great jump. Um, and even like was one of the first five guys to the first corner, but he was on the outside, got pushed wide and lost a lot of positions that way. So, um, that was really the reason why he had a really bad start is that he ended up 12th off the start because of that. Uh, and he was actually lucky to not be caught up in that, uh, the filthy Phil, um, Phil Nicoletti situation, which of course, Phil, we hope that you're all right and that we're going to see you back, uh, in Houston. But, uh, that's the real reason why, uh, Justin ended up where he was and, um, as far as the way the, the guys were gapped out in, in throughout the fifth through seventh and ninth and tenth places, um, they're really, like Justin went about as far forward as he could. Of course, he and, uh, Mitchell Oldenburg mixed it up a little bit in the main event. And Mitchell was fast. Mitchell was on his way to the front. I think he, uh, he had some of the fastest lap times of the, uh, the main event. And that's why he was able to m- move past Justin Hill and, uh, and, and, and pretty do have a pretty good first uh, race of the night. Uh, obviously, coming off of an engineer injury riddled 2017 season, the 52 machine from Texas was uh, firing on all cylinders. Of course, that's one cylinder, but he looked impressive both during the the day program and the night show. And uh, a sixth place finish for for Mitchell Oldenburg should be something that he uh, can can write home about. Uh, some of the privateers that really kind of stuck out to me uh, were was Justin Haft, him and uh, Mitchell Oldenburg, or not Mitchell Oldenburg, Mitchell Harrison rather, um, uh, were not happy with each other throughout different parts of the night, um, but uh, the, mainly because Justin just jumped right into the back of, of Mitchell. Uh, that I think that was more on Justin than it was on Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell did turn down a little bit early in that left-hander, uh, right, right-hander, sorry, uh, before the, that rhythm section. But, uh, I think that, that Justin just came in there with a little bit too much steam and, uh, overcooked the inside of that corner that would ended up, uh, the two of them going down. Um, Justin Starling, decent start to his season with a 16th place position. Ryan Brees out of, uh, out of Idaho. He had himself uh, a good ride as well, and uh, 17th position for the Rockwell uh, Kawasaki team. Those guys were uh, were looking pretty good. I, I expected to see uh, Bradley Lionette in the main event, but uh, after his qualifying position at 23rd, but um, just didn't ride like himself during the, the, the night show. Not sure to why, but um, honestly, in my opinion, the guy who had the uh, the most, maybe the most underrated uh, Anaheim would have been John Carlos Ramos. Um, he, he ended up, he's the guy that ended up running over, um, Philip Nicoletti. He only completed, uh, I believe, uh, he only ended up completing how many laps here? Uh, well, it doesn't say how many laps he ended up completing, but he, uh, he, he qualified, uh, 22nd. So he was the last guy in, but ended up 19th mainly because, uh, uh obviously, uh, Alex Martin pulling off. He had, a, I believe a bike issue and, uh, and Philip Nicoletti not, not getting past the first lap. 
but uh, and still receiving that point. But uh, John Carlos uh, looked really strong in the whoops when I saw him on Wednesday at uh, at Milestone. He was one of the most impressive in, at, at the, the practice track, and um, and for a guy running number nine nine two, kind of flew under the radar rolling into that race. And I was really impressed to see him do what he did, and um, and. Uh, and and I think you can see you'll you'll expect to see more of that in in the the the, the months to come or the weeks to come rather. Uh, I think he's a guy that will be able to make it to Houston. I know there's a lot of guys from the privateer ranks that won't be there, uh, just because of the travel um, associated with that race. Uh, I think that is actually going to hurt uh, some of the just the numbers as far as who's going to be on the line. I think you can expect a few guys that didn't make the night show um, in in Anaheim to, to make the night show if they do, do in fact uh, decide to drive um, just because there's plenty of guys who that's just not in the cards as far as their, uh, their, their, their timing and stuff like that, as far as their um, it's, it's an expensive trip. And uh, I, I do expect a few guys to be missing that uh, like a Josh Greco or even a, uh, um, a Lo- Logan Carnow of the 450 class. Um, other standouts to me, I think uh, when I was watching Justin Cooper in the LCQ, of course he won that after having some issues in his uh, in his heat race. Um, the guy was was linking a lot of really difficult jump combinations together. He was doing everything that the guys in front of him were doing and looked very comfortable doing so. I, I looked to get a conversation with him in Houston um, because uh, the guy looked really really comfortable out there and uh, i don't know if you guys noticed but that thor gear um that all of the the guys like the the yamaha guys were riding with in the in the night show including cooper really really sharp looking gear i hadn't seen that in the uh in in like kind of catalogs or anything like that and i was uh that was eye-catching i really I i thought that was really cool um so basically to wrap up the 250s aaron plessinger Great way to start the year uh, with a second place. I think um, if he would have been able to latch on to uh, to Shane McElrath, we would have had more of a race on our hands uh, rather than uh, Shane leading wire to wire, getting the whole shot and uh, leading all 18 laps to get his 26 points to, to end the year or end the the, the weekend rather. But uh, a, a great uh, a great race altogether. But uh, I and I really enjoyed it. As far as uh, my surprise for the 250 class, I was really surprised with um, my surprise for the 250 class was, uh, as I mentioned earlier, that John Carlos Ramos, this guy, basically out of he's out of Brazil, he's wicked fast and uh, and seemed to uh, really kind of come out of nowhere to get into the main event through the through the uh, the LCQ and uh, and 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 take 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 his spot 19th place in the main event. Maybe a little bit kind of ran out of steam a little bit in the main, but um, the guy's got serious skills and I would predict him to be well inside uh, as far as uh, far ahead as 15th or 14th uh, at some point during the year. He's got that kind of skills. And if he gets a good start, watch out. Um, My prediction for Houston, as far as uh, the 250 class is concerned, um, I think Adam Cianciarillo is for real. I think if he gets a good start, he will uh, he will do a Shane McElrath and be able to pull away and win. So uh, we'll see if that uh, comes comes to fruition. Now let's uh, let's throw it to commercial break right now. We got a couple of commercials from uh, WUSA Fly Racing and uh, Traction MX seat covers. Check those those 
commercials out. We'll be right back here on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show. Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like zipper lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at FlyRacing.com. In motorsports, the action pulls us in, and often we never get close enough to the exhilaration and athletes that amaze us. Although trackside seats are available, nothing gets you closer to motocross and supercross action than the collective experience. Dave Drakes has created an exclusive opportunity to get you closer to the sport you love so much. If you want an all-access experience with Adam or Tyler Knapp, Henry Miller, John Ames, or even the cat, AJ Catanzaro, you need to check out the collective experience today. The collectivexp.com as well as the collective ex on Instagram is where you can find the collective experience. Do so immediately. The collective experience. Nobody gets you closer. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, Big MX listeners, it's time for another commercial break. Please listen carefully to these, and we'll be right back to the show. Thanks. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA all things wheels. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying it. 
I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it. These guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one of a kind. The reason why they're one of a kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral Brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the viral brand. And we're back. Big MX radio podcast show doing a little bit of a race review on Anaheim 1, the first race of the season, and uh, in all capital letters from Claremont. Obviously, he's out of he's out of France, but uh, he lives in Claremont. The guy who uh, deserves all of the attention, the 25 machine, Marvin Muskan, looked good from the very get-go, from press day all the way on to taking the checkered flag with this batten, uh heel clicker. Uh, the guy led 14 laps, and uh, of the 26 that they rode, I can't believe those guys are doing 26 are, are uh, yeah, they're 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 roughly doing. How many are they doing? Seven, three, ten, twenty-four laps. Twenty-four laps. Yeah, twenty-four laps altogether. Um, that to me is insane. Um, that these guys are going that hard, that long, and uh, and doing what really really impressive at it. They they're these guys were barely barely sweating when they came up to the press press uh press conference uh they looked cool calm and collected and um for a guy like Marvin to come out after all the speculation and all the transjecture of um will he be able to continue that momentum he's the only guy that really had any momentum rolling into Anaheim um but a lot of guys like some people were talking about him some people weren't some people kind of had him um Kind of counting counting them out, believe it or not. It seems kind of silly to think, but uh, Marvin uh, rode like a true professional. He like just he assumes he he expects to be up front, and he did exactly that. Uh, another guy that people had some questions about based on his uh, his training regimen throughout the uh, 
the year or the off season was Jason Anderson. But of course, we know that he's been good at Anaheim in the past, and uh, the guy just loves to ride his motorcycle. And I think that's something that people don't often forget. Jason Anderson loves to ride his motorcycle. He probably rides his motorcycle a little bit more than most. And um, he went out there and had himself a great ride, second place position. He was able to pick off Justin Barsha, who uh, is your absolute surprise of the 450 class. No one expected that to happen. It was kind of a wait and see uh, attitude with Justin. In Barsha, the guy comes out, wins the first heat race, or yeah, first heat race of the year. Uh, mic drop. I'm I'm back, uh, smiling ear to ear, and uh, and I think there's a bonus involved with that, of course. Um, and and he just goes out there and uh, from from Greenville, Florida. Now, uh, he just takes care of business. I think uh, I was impressed by him. I think that he could maybe tightened up a little bit and um, and just just stop breathing as he he led those first three laps um he, he started out second grabbed that uh that that first that lead uh after the first lap and uh or before the before the ending of the first lap and um it was off to the races i think right around lap four or five he he kind of hit the wall a little bit slid backwards uh to the clutches of of marvin and uh and jason but uh either way a third place position really strong and and honestly wasn't that far off the leaders at the end of the race he was still within uh within four or five seconds of the lead at the very end and i was impressed by that a guy that I wish would have been in, uh, brought up to the press conference, at least to talk to after the press conference, was Ken Roxon. Uh, a fourth place position from a guy who we hadn't seen in uh, 11 and a half months. Uh, the story has been told a million times about the arm and uh, the health of that arm. Um, he, he didn't have the fastest practice times that we've seen from him, uh, which, which I was surprised with. I think, I thought that the one thing we were going to see from Ken was speed. And uh, we didn't exactly see those blistering times. Of course, he did bounce to the top of the, the the board a couple of times, but those times were always beaten by some of the riders around him. I think he ended up qualifying around seventh or eighth, which is uh, for is a bad taste in his mouth for a guy like Ken. But uh, finished the night safe, no crashes, no worries, and uh, moving on to Houston with a fourth place position, which I think is really impressive. Uh, hats off to Ken. Weston Pike, a guy that nobody was talking about, ended up starting out with a great position. He was in fourth and looking uh, pretty comfortable there. Uh, he only slid back to fifth, which uh, if you had to ask uh, uh, Weston what would be um, a great way to start his year, I think a top five is always what these guys were looking for. Uh, and there's plenty of guys behind him who would have much rather been in that position. Uh, and and it, 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 I was, like, I wouldn't say less than impressed, but uh, I, I was a little bit surprised that there were, there were a few guys that weren't able to catch him. Uh, obviously, there was a like a guy that, that kind of comes to mind is a Blake Baggett who started out fifth, and uh, I didn't know if he had a crash or anything like that, or maybe laid the bike down somewhere. But uh, he ended up. Uh, he actually, you know what? He he qualified fifth, but he ended up. Um, starting in 11th and ended up basically staying there ending up in 12th so um another guy that kind of he ended up sliding backwards was jeremy martin good start for him 11th place uh by the end of the race uh cooper webb a 10th place position not what he was looking for uh he starts out eighth and uh and slides back to the 10th place spot um i think that's a a, Cooper walks away from Anaheim, not very happy with how that uh, kind of ended off for him. And uh, I think that um, my prediction for for Houston is that we have a uh, like 
a Cooper Webb with more than a little chip on his shoulder, a guy who really is looking to uh, make something happen, and I think he's going to be able to do so. Um, a solid ninth place spot for uh, for for Josh Grant. Um, that's kind of right in where I expect him to be throughout the year. That uh, kind of six through nine, ten, eleventh spot. Um, Solid ride for uh, for Brock Tickle. I think he did uh, go down somewhere at some point. I see he started 17th, so I think that that must have been a uh, that, that's actually a pretty good ride from Brock from a guy who uh, the starts were on point, but um, he ended up not finishing the first lap on on like on the pace 17th spot and was able to make quite a few passes to get up to eighth spot and he can go uh, away from Anaheim one with a smile on his face and I know he's looking good in that Alpine Star gear. I think the Alpine Star guys were looking probably the best out of everyone all all night long. Um, never seen somebody so happy to get 15th place. Chad Reed with a fist in the air uh, after his first ride, and um, the guy looked uh, pretty like pretty normal. Like uh, I wouldn't say he looked normal, but he he just seemed uh, he not not super bummed to to just get make that happen. I think that really speaks volumes to how injured he was rolling in. Um, and, uh, and hats off to him for, for, for gutting out a performance that he probably wasn't looking forward to delivering. And, uh, he's not going to write home about that one, but, um, 15th spot for Chad and, uh, some, some serious room for improvement there. Uh, he qualified 15th, uh, through the, the, the heat races. He started out 14th, ends up 15th. And, uh, I think, um, he's that, that's, like that's not where we're gonna see Chad Reed all all year. He's gonna get better from there, and that is one of the things that I kind of predicted on our our preview show that I did with uh, the Epic Action Sports Show. Uh, one of the guys that kind of stood out to me uh, was a complete privateer effort. The the most probably the most true privateer on the in the main event, other than maybe uh, Ben Lemay and um, and Adam. Adam Enticknap was uh, Tyler Bowers, a guy who he's riding a Kawasaki. He's got seven gear on. He won the LCQ in convincing fashion. And um, he was able to to put down a 14th place. Uh, he started out 10th and uh, kind of just settled himself into 14th spot and stayed there. Uh, an impressive day for Vince Freeze. I think we saw some evidence that uh, there's a possibility that he could have some pretty impressive results come those uh, and it's obviously something that we all ex- expected to see. Uh, he gets good starts and, uh, throughout those triple crown ra- races, if it's only six laps, I definitely could see Vince being up there in the top 10 and, uh, and being able to write home about that result. Uh, a guy that, um, I felt had a, how it was, was fortunate to capitalize on, uh, the Benny Bloss, uh, gas line, uh, being, dislodged during the heat race was Adam Enticknap got in through the, uh, the the heat race which is always you always want to get in through the heat you don't want to leave it up for the LCQ Adam goes to the main event and uh, uh, and, and he was able to uh, to put in some good laps uh uh, airing out all the, the the quad, all the triples that he needed to, uh, linking those jump combinations together. Good ride from Adam, and good to see him in the main event all the way in uh, Anaheim 1. There's not too many people who would have predicted that, especially um, with his, his his prior results and stuff like that. But uh, clearly, he's been riding at uh, Castillo, uh, Castillo Ranch a little bit, uh, quite a bit actually, and uh, he's, of course, on that skivvy-backed uh, uh, privateer team. Um, 
huge shout out to Alex Ray. Uh, the guy stayed, stayed on two wheels the whole night and, uh, and comes home with an 18th place position. I think he can be happy with that five points on the night, but the guy that ends up just ahead of him, the guy from Alaska, you probably know who I'm talking about goes by the name of Ben LeMay, the nine Oh seven in your program. And, um, the guy rode awesome all night. Uh, I think he put he put it in the main uh, straight through the heat race, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he qualified 13th, um, had himself a good ride, and uh, he can move forward with, with from that. And he'll probably find himself in the A practice uh, in Houston, which is a huge feather in your cap as far as uh, who you can go out there and mix it up with and uh, and make something special happen. So um, other guys that kind of stuck out to me, uh, I think I already mentioned Jeremy Martin uh, having a good start and kind of not really fading back, but I think he just like your first Anaheim one on a 450. Uh, I got to imagine that he was a, a little bit, uh, um, just a little bit overwhelmed. You can't say that you're not going to be a little overwhelmed being at your first uh, Anaheim one. Of course, he did ride a su- uh, Supercross at, in in uh, Daytona, uh, but that that to me is uh, kind of the outlier of his career. He's not. That's not something that you're going to see all the time from him. Uh, Cole Seeley. Good ride in sixth spot. I'm sure he would have rather uh, to be able to b- battle a little bit more with a guy like Weston Pike. It wasn't able to do so, but uh, still had himself a decent night. Justin Brayton on the 10 machine. Uh, he is a supercross guy and does what a supercross should a supercross guy should do, which is ride supercross pretty much around the calendar. Takes some months off in the in the summertime, but uh, goes out there and uh, rides some uh, some Australian supercrosses. Goes to a couple of different rounds and, and puts himself out there. He focuses on Supercross and the technique of riding Supercross around the calendar. Um, my prediction for the 2000, or for Houston is that we, we see a very angry, um, Cooper Webb with a chip on his shoulder. He improves his finish and is well inside the top five. Um, but as far as a win, I'm predicting another uh, win from Marvin Moosecan, mainly because the guy's got momentum, he's got confidence, and uh, seeing him yesterday at the uh, the mountain bike ride with uh, at Rock and Ride here in uh, Mission Viejo, the guy just looks like he's got that uh, that thousand yard stare of a champion that is is poised to to do what he needs to do every single week. And um, it, to me, it's really important impressive to see him do what he's doing right now and uh um just to be able to 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 watch him do what he did on Saturday and even through Friday when he was on point during press day uh he's going to be a serious contender for this championship and uh maybe maybe a little bit more to handle than Eli Tomac was expecting so um Eli Tomac, obviously, uh, having himself not the greatest of, uh, of finishes, um, had the crash. I wouldn't call that a lapse in mental preparation. There was some, there, like, the, the jump combination there was susceptible to some wheel spin. He did exactly that. Wheel spun rather than getting any traction, hopping over that single, uh, which made him drop his front end and, uh, and go over the bars and, uh, I believe a, uh, an AC separation. Uh, not a full shoulder dislocation, but uh, basically an AC, an AC uh, uh, contusion where your shoulder bone slams into the, uh, the 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 capsule. He's very tender in there, and that's something that's going to hold him back for the next uh, little while. Of course, you can get a cortisol shot and um, and numb the pain a little bit there, but that is something that's going to hold him back a little bit for the next few weeks moving forward. 
Dean Wilson having his crash. I believe that was a, uh, a, a rotator cuff injury. Uh, full dislocation of that shoulder. Put it back in and uh, very disappointed. But I think you will see him back before the end of the season. Um, I don't know if that require if he'll require surgery on that. I know some guys have have gone just gone ahead and, and got and, and got their shoulder fixed. And um, and and yeah, and and he's 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 been he's been riding really well, and I was I was sad to see him get hurt um, on that uh, kind of like the two doubles. He was he had a little bit different line than a lot of guys, and uh, it was a risky one at that kind of wheeling through those last two two uh, the two rollers prior to the the, the triple, and it bit him. Um, before I let you guys go, uh, I will say that I really enjoyed Supercross this last weekend, being able to meet the riders, uh, interview Ryan Villapoto. If you haven't listened to that yet, it's up on uh, on my on my uh, iTunes as well as on the website. You guys can go check that out, and uh, I appreciate you guys. Um, listening to the podcast and and just uh, enjoying these podcasts. If you guys have any requests of who you'd like to see or who you'd like to um, have see some interviews from or some some uh, Instagram live uh, inter- interviews from, I just um, hit me up on a, a DM with uh, through Instagram, Brad Gebhart 88. If you're not already following me, please go follow me and uh, and keep up with all the things that I'm doing while I'm down here for six weeks out in California. Uh, as of tomorrow, actually, as of today, I'm a full week of into my into my uh, uh, my my journey here, and I'm already one sixth done. So, uh, already looking at having to go back to Canada at some point, but not looking forward to it. Either way, uh, I really appreciate you guys listening, uh, and keep keep uh, keep it going 100, um, and um, look forward to some. Some, some more podcast as we roll through this uh, amazing trip down in California. Can't thank Dennis Stapleton and the uh, the Knobby Shop, Stapo MX, enough. Uh, Stapo MX is a huge supporter of Big MX Radio. They're allowing me to stay here and uh, and, and do everything that I need to do to, to be successful with the podcast. And, um, yeah, like I said, guys, uh, continue listening, and uh, we'll catch you again soon. Um Big MX Radio on behalf of Viral Brand, FMF, Fly Racing, and WUSA. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you again soon.